scripture reading for today, taken from Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 to 23. You would find this part in um, Matthew chapter 2, page 2 of uh, New Testament. Now, after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated, and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in drama, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. This is the word of the Lord. This morning we are... We're going to be reading out of the book of 1 Kings, chapter 19. So please turn with me to page 326 in your Old Testament. Some of you may be familiar with this passage. Uh, it is one that I have always loved. And I've titled this sermon, The Mantle of the Lord. So please follow along with me from the reading. Starting in verse 19. So he set out from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, who was plowing. There were twelve yoke of oxen ahead of him, and he was with the twelve. Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle over him. He left the oxen, ran after Elijah, and said, Let me kiss my father and my mother, and I will follow you. And Elijah said to him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? He returned from following him, took the yoke of oxen, and slaughtered them. Using the equipment from the oxen, he boiled their flesh and gave it to the people, and they ate. And then he set out and followed Elijah and became his servant. This, too, is the word of the Lord. 
So this morning, uh, we have two very interesting passages. The first is the passage that many of us are familiar with from, from Matthew after Jesus was born, about Jesus fleeing with his family to Egypt, finding his way back. And the second, which I'll be focusing primarily on, is this passage in 1 Kings. If you're not familiar with it, it is the passage with which Elisha places his mantle on Elisha to begin serving and to begin to work with him as a prophet to Israel. So who is Elijah? Where was he? What is the story? Well, I'm going to give a little bit of background. First, that we must know that Elijah had just defeated the prophets of Baal. And if you remember this story, it's a wonderful story where Elijah goes to the prophets of Baal and the evil queen Jezebel and says, listen, why don't we have a competition to see whose God is real? Why don't you take all of your prophets and, and, and we'll set up an altar of wood and you call on your God and see if he can burn the wood. And so this, as the story goes, the prophets of Baal all get together and, and are dancing around and are worshiping and fervently calling on their God. And it says actually in the, in the scriptures that they were cutting themselves and crying out, trying to get their God to do something and nothing happens. And then Elijah with the power of the Lord behind him, not only takes his altar, but has them soak it in water first. And then immediately when he calls upon the name of the Lord Yahweh, the altar is burned up. And the people of Israel see this. And, they, and he says, grab them and seize them, and all of the prophets of Baal are destroyed. And Elijah thought he had a great victory. This drought has ended. All of these things that were happening leading up to this point have ended. And Elijah probably thought things were going to get much, much better. But as the story goes, they didn't. The people of Israel turned their back on him. He felt that he was completely alone. And on top of all of that, the evil queen was furious with him and tried to have him killed. And poor Elijah went into a spiral of great depression because of this. It even says in the chapter previous that he wishes he had never been born. He was in a very dark time in his life. And if I'm completely honest, I kind of like that the prophet is so open with his emotions. This is the setting of what's happening with him and Elijah. This great prophet, this man of God, was burned out. He was beaten up. He had sort of had enough. And I think if we're honest, we all sort of know what that feels like. We all sometimes have times when our work is, is, is not what we thought it would be. Or maybe we don't have the work we wanted. Maybe we're having difficulty with children, or children, maybe you're having difficulty with parents. We've all had times in our lives where we just sort of want to lay down and quit. And not to be overly cynical or depressing on this wonderful New Year's Day, but the reality is, as Christians, our lives aren't perfect either. We want to be honest about our lives as believers in Jesus Christ. We don't want to pretend that things are always perfect. And it's okay to have times like these. And I've found in my own ministry and life that to be honest about these times, we are much more effective in ministry. We are much more effective in relationship. And so here we have our prophet. In this difficult time, the Lord leads him and guides him. It says that the Lord spoke to him to go and find this man, Elisha, and anoint him. And so he sends him to Elisha, who would take his mantle, who would lift some of the burden, who would share the burden of being a prophet to these evil kings of Israel, God gave him a reprieve. 
How did God give Elijah reprieve? Well, again, we know that as Elijah was defeated, he was still seeking God. If you read the passage leading up to this, and I encourage you to do so this week if you have time, Elijah was seeking wisdom from the Lord. In his struggle and in his depression, he didn't just lay down and quit, but he actively was listening, waiting for the Lord to speak, wanting reprieve. Elijah was still with God. And the first thing I want to point out this morning from our text is that we must stay with God. In the midst of whatever circumstance we face, we must stay with God. We must continue to turn to God, to pray, and most of all, to listen to what God might have for us. Because in the midst of all of our bad attitudes and in the midst of our struggles, the Lord will speak to us. In the same way that the Lord spoke to Joseph and Mary about what to do in their fear that Herod or that Herod's son would kill Jesus, the Lord spoke to them and guided them. And so our prophet goes to Elisha. He goes to Elisha, he finds him plowing his fields. And and I love this detail of the story. There may have been more, but what's recorded is simply that Elijah goes up to this man and says, here you go, and walks off. He doesn't... There's no job interview. There's no deep conversation. The Lord told him, this is your guy. And he said, great. Hands it on him and takes off. It says that Elijah actually, Elisha, excuse me, actually had to stop plowing and go chase after him. And say, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. And, and just so we know, the mantle would have been sort of cloak or a shawl, something that would have been recognized by the people so that Elisha knew exactly what was happening. He knew who Elijah was, and he knew that the Lord was calling him to a special task. And so, this new apprentice runs up to Elijah and says, let let me just go and say goodbye. Let me go and kiss my family. Let me go and, and say goodbye because I know the importance of this thing you've called me to. And so Elijah says, okay, he... To put it in Sam paraphrase, he essentially says, I don't care. (laughs) If this is something you want to do, that's fine. I'm not calling you to follow me. The Lord is calling you to follow me. So if you feel like that's what you need to do, go ahead. So he does. And it says that he kills the oxen and boils them to feed these people. And then on top of that, he does a wonderful thing to show his commitment. If you saw the detail there, he burns up all of his equipment, all of his yoke, all of the things he used for plowing. Not just to say, yes, Lord, I will follow you, but I will not turn back. I will go forward with this calling you have placed on me because it is so big, because it is so serious. He's not going to go back to his old life. He's going to go forward trusting God. And so here we have these two people, these two men, two completely different stories, how the Lord is leading them. The first is Elijah. Elijah was broken down. He was hurting probably felt like a failure. As I said, we've all had times in our lives like that. But the Lord said, listen, in your brokenness, in your depression, in your sadness, just, just keep going. Just get up and, and go find Elijah. Keep going forward. And we know that he does. He continues to serve until he goes to be with the Lord in 2 Kings chapter 2. And then on the other side, we have Elisha, the younger man, the, the, the new, newly anointed servant. He was just going about his business. We don't even know if he wanted to be a prophet. We don't know 
all about him and his background. Like I said, if there was a job interview or anything, he just got this opportunity. And what did he do? He said, yeah, I'm in. Let's go. Two different people in two very different seasons of life, but both were given the opportunity to simply continue on with the Lord, to pick up and keep moving forward, to serve and to trust. And so I want to encourage you this morning, no matter where you find yourself on New Year's Day, and it's hard to believe it's already 2017, no matter where you are, I am confident that there is work to be done. I am confident that the Lord has called you to something and that it's something, as Doug was saying, that is bigger and more important than you could even imagine. There is a path set before you, no matter where you find yourself. We look to Elijah, and he had to keep working. Even though he was beaten up, the Lord called him to just a little bit more. He said, just get up and go find Elijah. Now just go do this. One more, one more. He wanted to quit, but he kept on going. And Elisha seemed pretty happy and comfortable, plowing his fields, probably was pretty wealthy. He had 12 yoke of oxen, but something new came, and you know what? He trusted God with it. So why do we talk about this on New Year's? Why do we talk about a seemingly obscure passage in 1 Kings on New Year's Day? There's a couple of reasons I want to mention. The first is this, is I think we often look so forward to the Christmas season that there tends to be a bit of a letdown afterwards. Maybe this is just me but I look forward to a little bit of time off of work. I look forward to time with family. I love Christmas. I love cinnamon rolls and and, and all the wonderful things. I mean, that's the thing I always think of, right? Christmas morning. Christmas morning is cinnamon rolls and coffee, and it's just so great. But on top of that, I get a little vacation maybe. I get a break. I just came back from being in Colorado for the first time since I moved here, and it was wonderful. It's time with family. But then after Christmas, we come back. We find ourselves back in work. We find ourselves going through the same things we were going through before. And sometimes it's a bit of a letdown. Sometimes we feel like, wow, it's a new year. The fireworks are over and nothing has changed. Sometimes this is very difficult. And like Elijah, we find ourselves in a season of being let down. But like Elijah, let me encourage you that we should still be listening for God's direction in our life. We should still be trusting God's direction in our life, even if things are difficult. The second reason I want to bring up is many of us also make big dreams and big goals for the new year, don't we? We set big plans in motion and think, yes, God, here's my list of what I desire and what, what, what I think would be fulfilling. And as time goes on, some of those aren't met. As time goes on, in fact, we feel like we're failures. Or these goals that we set and these New Year's resolutions that we set even become a bit of a burden. And, and, and suddenly, we begin to project our insecurities on God and say, God, why aren't you doing these things? Why aren't you fulfilling these things? And here in this passage, we have a prophet, a man of God, who had a very large event in his life. He accomplished a great goal of his. He defeated his enemies, these evil prophets of Baal. He had defeated them. He had ended a great drought. He thought the people of Israel would begin to worship their God again. He was excited. And then they turned on him. How discouraging this must have been for Elijah. How difficult. And yet he continued to listen to the Lord. He continued to trust the Lord. He got up and went to Elisha and said, Here, 
Come and help me. I need some help. I can't do this alone. In doing so, he gave Elijah a servant, a disciple, someone to do ministry with. God gave him a helper so he wouldn't have to do it alone. And I cannot speak for you, but this is a very timely reminder for me. We're going into a new year. We're going into a new season. Some of us have big, big goals. Some of us are just trying to get by. But let's keep going. Let's understand that God desires to bring people around us like Elijah to encourage us, to help us. And in my experience, I've found that this is very true, that God does not call us to do work alone. When God calls us to get up and serve, whether we are in a position like Elisha, and it's something totally new, or it's Elijah, and we're just struggling to get by. Whatever the work is, we are not meant to do it alone, brothers and sisters. We're not meant to struggle alone. We're not meant to be joyful alone. We are meant to live in community. And this passage of Elijah and Elisha is a, is a passage of community. It's a passage about trusting God and trusting God together. And so my question for us as a church here at IPC is this. Are we trusting 2017 to be led by God or us? Are we listening to the direction of God to help find comfort? Or are we trusting in ourselves and our own plans? Elijah was in a difficult situation. All the way to the point of people wanting to kill him. And in the same way, our Lord Jesus Christ was in the same position. He was a baby, but his parents knew the severity of it. They wanted to take his very life. Think of Mary and Joseph in that passage in Matthew, how terrified they must have been. Think of how fearful they were that they would die and that they would lose their only son as brand new parents and brand, brand new married people. How often we forget that our Lord started his ministry as a refugee. How often we forget that the Son of God began his life with no home and no security. And even as we look at this passage, I also want to remind you that the, the, the man Elisha who began to serve God and trust God also was probably pretty wealthy too. He had land, he had 12 yoke of oxen, and yet when the Lord called, he said, yeah, let's do it, I'm ready. And in fact, this is another sermon, but before he goes to be with the Lord, he asks Elijah that he would have a double portion of Elijah's spirit. He trusted God. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I just want to remind you this morning, it's New Year's Day and I don't know where you are. I don't know if you're in the place where everything's comfortable and you have your farm and your 12 yoke of oxen and you're just cruising along. I also don't know if you've been beaten up by 2016, if you've had a big failure at work like Elijah did. I don't know. But when I see this passage, I am reminded, even if I'm in difficulty, his plans for me are good. His plans for me are to give me help. His plans for you are to give you direction and to lead you. When things are going well, we have a tendency to say, oh, we can do it, we can do it. But like Elisha, God wants us willing to trust him with all things, when things are going well or when things are going poorly. All things in this passage, we see plans in the love of God for us. And above all else, I think, I see one thing that encourages me is that the character of God does not change. In the same way God cared for his prophets and led them in the way he wanted them to go is the same way that God cared for Jesus as a baby in Matthew chapter 2. 
It's the same way that God led them to safety in Nazareth. We see that we have a loving God. We see that we have a caring God. And so what mantle has he placed on your shoulders? What mantle has God placed on you to say, this is your calling? This is what I've led you to? Elijah and Elisha had a pretty big heavy one. They were called to be prophets to wicked kings of Israel. Many of us don't have the same burden they did. If you do, I'm sorry. My question to you is this. Who has God called you to encourage? Who has God called you to bring truth to? What mantle has the Lord placed on your life for the year 2017? Is it to be a bringer of the light of Christ at your work? Is it to be honest in all you do? Is it in school to be diligent and to be hardworking? Is it to reconcile things of family and to lay your life down for those in your own home? It could be anything. Where is God leading you this new year? This is the only time I've, first and only time I've ever preached on New Year's Day. And I think that this is a passage that reminds me of, of new beginnings. As odd as it is in the middle of the Old Testament. This man, Elisha, received a mantle that completely changed his life. You may have a year of 2017 that completely changes your life. It may also just be more of the same. But who will you trust with that? Who will you trust with your year moving forward? And what has the Lord placed on you? Please join me in prayer. Lord, we bow before you now, not knowing what you have for us. But Lord, we trust you. Lord, we see how you cared for your prophets. Lord, we see how you led Joseph, Mary, and their baby Jesus to safety. Lord, we see you are a loving God. We see you are a caring God. And we bow before you now, asking you to care for us in the same way. Asking you to lead us in the same way. Lord, we love you. Lord, we trust you. Lord, we ask that we would take whatever mantle you give us with service, with trust, and with love, knowing that you have placed people around us, a church around us, to love and encourage us in the path you have called us to. Lord, thank you for these promises. It's in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.